It sure is interesting to see what goes into our shopping experiences, isn't it? Joining us today is Vuso Majija, Executive Director at Fortress Reach Limited. Now, Fortress is one of Brawl's valued clients and understands the importance of the industry and what it means to have a good working relationship in this space. We also have Nkuli Bokhopa, Brawl Property Management's Chief Operating Officer, and Teresa Tablanche, Divisional Director of Brawl Retail Leasing and Sectional Title Management. Welcome. Uh, Vuso, let's start with you. What do you find interesting in your tour about the shopping centers that you visited? Well, the, the, the thing that stood out the most for me is how um, they've concentrated on the look and feel of the shopping centers. They've spent a lot of time and money on landscaping and softening the shopping centers. My view is that probably in South Africa, our focus so far has been on more functionality, making the shopping centers work. And I think we're slowly focusing on the look and feel as well. They've got a lot of shopping centers that are pet friendly. Mm. In fact, most of the shopping centers that we, we saw are pet friendly. And those are things that we started looking at to see which shopping centers that we own here in South Africa that we can explore that type of thing. Interestingly enough, you know, during COVID, more people got pets because they needed the companionship, right? And South Africa obviously has seen an increase in the number of people having pets. So definitely something we should look at for our malls. We saw one of the shopping centers, they had a dog grooming space, but you could, as a shopper, you looked into the shop front and you could see someone grooming your yeah. dog or someone's dog. So in one of our centers now, actually, we're actually looking at something similar. So Nkuli, let's talk to you about your observations of the U.S. Uh, retail market in general. What did you pick up? So the retail landscape was very buoyant, um, hardly any vacancies that I saw. And the trading density is very high, but it's a function of the economy again. I visited another state outside of L.A. and the unemployment levels were at a minus two. And everywhere you go, you see a hiring sign. We are hiring at the door, you know, so they almost short of people to come take up those jobs, you know, so it translates into higher trading densities. It translates into much more premium brands uh, being prominent at the various shopping centers. Uh, but also, you know, the softening of the landscape away from just hard bricks and mortar, a lot more experiential um, you know, retailers that we found there, but also when you are walking around the mall, you see a lot of art um, exhibitions that are coming through. Also just recognizing the shopping center as a place to be rather than just a place to shop where people are working from home uh, with COVID having happened, the investment that Vuso spoke about, about the mall owners having invested into the look and feel, bringing a lot more lounge seating areas in a shopping center where people can just go there to sit at the lounge and of course after an hour or so they are going to spend money so that dwell time having been increased by just the different seating arrangements that you find at the shopping mall i think what also stood out was just the color and the warmth that is brought on by water features ponds it just brings life and it brings the, the a good mix between nature and the built environment, so it was quite refreshing. There's a joke in South Africa, people from coastal towns say, oh, what do you guys have in Joburg? You just malls. have malls, yeah. <laughs> right? And I guess yeah. we need to make it more of an experience. Exactly, exactly. It already is, though, yeah. to some extent, because there are malls yeah. with waterfall features, lovely areas that have uh, open, a glass so you can see out, etc. you know, so. I think there they took it, it a, a notch. notch higher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And some retailers where they would have 
I mean, I saw a mom battling to leave the shop because she came with her toddler children. And because the retailer put a putt-putt thing and then there mm -hmm. was, a, you know, a coffee station mm -hmm. for the guys to just sit there while the mom is shopping, she battled to leave the shop, yeah. you know. So you increase dwell time with some of these little tactics and yeah. it helps, yeah. I think also importantly, I mean, uh, over the last couple of years through COVID, there's been a, some negative rhetoric towards uh, shopping centers. Shopping centers are dying, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. There was a lot of people at the shopping centers. So it reinforced my belief that shopping centers are not dying. In fact, even the department stores, some of the department stores that we saw, uh, they were busy. Mm. So, uh, I mean, in South Africa, in the newspapers, there's always something about department stores. In fact, uh, globally, there's, there's been stuff about department stores. But the stuff that we saw in the shopping mm -hmm. centers, we saw, they were busy. So I take it that there may have been an oversupply at a point, yeah. and uh, that supply has probably shrunk uh, in the last couple of years, and uh, shopping centers are thriving again. So, Teresa, let me bring you in, because this is quite an important question when it comes to a post-COVID recovery plan. Uh, did any of the property management companies share any new retail leasing tactics? Yes, there was one centre that actually shared a very significant le uh, leasing tactic. They had a huge area that was on the high street area of the centre in Alley, Central Alley, and the tenant there didn't survive. So they had to find a tenant which they couldn't because it's COVID and nobody's got the way means to start a new business. So they got all the designers together and they said, okay, you all design, you all got a rack and you all got an area and you, you put your merchandise there. And that is highly successful. It was very interesting. The merchandise was obviously over the top for the younger generation. And then we also saw a shopping center where they're really investing in pop-up stores where South Africa is very different with that. So the, the one example we looked at was they finance the pop-up stores tenant installation and they make sure it follows suit with the shopping center. In other words, it's not like you walk in, I can in South Africa tell you exactly who's pop-up stores mm -hmm. because we don't invest in it. We tell the poor pop-up store owner, you must invest. And then if you do well, then I want to convert you to a permanent lease and, and then you must still pay money for a permanent TI. Mm -hmm. So they've sort of said, no, um, these are the future moms and pops or entrepreneurial stores. And we are proud of our centers and we need to convert it and, and, and the design and layout and the store fittings needs to be in line with what we expect. I think South African shopping centers are so pressured for viabilities and making it work and returns that we don't have a lot of common areas. So we go for highest letable area. If you speak to any, any developer or any landlord, they'll say to you, what is the most letable area that I can squeeze out of the site? Um, and I think that's where we've lost the feminine touch or the, the soft touch of the outside malls. And the other thing that I also picked up as well is that the American management style in terms of their center, they're very in touch with their secondary market, not just their primary market. So we sort of stop by the primary market and we know what you like and, and we sort of think we've got it right, but they go further to 18 kilometer radius away from your center and, and they get in touch with them and, and they know exactly what they expect. So let's bring it back because I've heard all of the good things, yeah. right? But I want to actually compare it to South Africa and what we're doing right here already compared to those countries also. I think retail is the same everywhere. So you respond to what your customers in that particular area uh, are, are looking for. So it's, it's not always correct to 
have a direct comparison. But one of the things that's always stood out for me uh, in, in the particular in the USA and to some extent Europe as well, is that uh, earlier on, um, we had grocers in our shopping centers. A lot of the American shopping centers uh, will have fashion and maybe services and, and no grocers. And of late, they are starting to do that. That was something positive about South Africa. But then again, uh, you know, um, South Africa has got the benefit of being a follower. So America, m maybe Europe, were the first countries to really invest in, in, in malls uh, back in the 60s and 70s. And a lot of mistakes were made from there. And by the time we got into shopping centers, we learned a lot of what not to do from them. Um, for instance, our shopping centers are not as big as American shopping centers. And um, very often, you hear about dead shopping centers. Uh, we don't have many of those in South Africa. So I think we, our position and our stage of development allows us to learn a lot from uh, what other people do overseas. And that's good to know that we actually are advanced in that regard because we learned from what they got wrong. So Nkuli, tell me um, which of the malls were actually sustainability minded and how important is that abroad? Sure. So I'd rather answer the question the other way around and, and highlight some of the sustainability initiatives that we saw and picked up. And uh, some are similar to what we are already doing in South Africa. Most of the landlords are already moving in that direction. And in some cases, uh, what we can do better. I think what we can do better is uh, the, the use of hand uh, paper towels and toilet paper that's brown paper. You know, so we still, I think there we can learn a big lesson. It, it stood out for me. But in as far as other initiatives are concerned, recycling at a, at a retail center, you know, having those options of those different bins, I think we could do better. Solar energy, I think we are well on, on the right track. A lot of our landlords are already doing that and invested in solar power energy sources and water harvesting initiatives, which we already are doing and seeing the benefits thereof. And I think from a sustainability point of view, they also are under pressure with ESG as we all are. And current, the landlords in, in the country are also currently very focused on ESG and growing in that direction and looking more at environmental issues. But you know, for South Africa, the social issues are, are high on our agenda. And so that always stays top of mind mm -hmm. for us. Just to add on to what Teresa highlighted earlier around, you know, the incubation uh, of the pop-up stores. I think as South Africa, we are a lot more advanced. Having said that, I think the investment into those incubations and making sure that they are look and feel when you are walking through the center um, is not telling that they are being incubated. We can definitely do better. But from a social component, I think the focus on having more entrepreneurs being given the opportunity to bring their products on shelf and into these bricks and mortar spaces have really done a lot for our economy and will continue to do so if we continue on it, on that trend. Yeah, because what small business is the yeah. backbone of the economy, exactly. right? And that's exactly. key in this industry, yeah. the retail space yeah. as well. One, one of the advantages of America is that the economy has been growing for the last couple of years. It's, it's a wealthy country. So with COVID and everything, there's, there's been a lot of entrepreneurs that have come up and uh, entered uh, the retail space. I think probably in South Africa, that's one of, one of the things that hinders us. 
that the economy is not growing, so you're not converting a lot of people to be entrepreneurs. And that, that's a challenge that we face as an industry, actually. And this is a good question, because you, you answered this briefly a, a short while ago, Teresa, but how do you think South Africa compares in terms of its retail offerings and tenant mix, apart from what you mentioned already? Is there anything else you saw there? Well, the bases are the same. So you evaluate what does your market require from you, what do they need, because you're there to serve your market. I, I just want to reiterate again, I think that we need to start looking wider than primary markets and secondary markets, and even maybe perhaps a bit wider than that as well. So um, in terms of footprint, um, we, I think we use very much the same philosophy, except that so as we um, said to us now that we are anchored by um, food stores, food supermarkets. So in, in the USA, that's really seen. They're mostly anchored by department store, upmarket department store, the Macy's, the Bloomingdale's, etc. So, and they occupy also about 15,000 square meters in each center, mm. which in South Africa, our footprints for a supermarket is about 5,000 square meters in, um, around about that. Well, the other positive as well by us is I saw very stereotyped tenant mix. All the centers we went to was exactly the same type of tenant mix, very few moms and pops, very few innovative, creative type of, not the stereotype tenant mix. And I think we've got more of that um, in South Africa. We've got much more smaller stores. So Nkuli, tell us, which of the US retailers would you love to see in South Africa? Sure, uh, I think we were spoiled for choice when you get into the departmental stores, uh, because you find a departmental store that services the average buyer and a premium buyer. So you walk into a Bloomingdale's and it's got Louis Vuitton and Gucci at the door and you know it's a good mix uh, and I think that's what we are hungry for. Uh, something that services the lower end and the higher end in one in one environment. So Bloomingdale's was definitely a standout for me. A Target was great because it wasn't just a typical grocer or a pharmacy. So it gave you a combination of the two and you found some clothing, you know, so it was a good combination as well. Well, hopefully it'll happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> talking to the right people. Yeah, talking so, to the right yeah. people. So to me, this is very interesting because of what happened during COVID. Did you hear from any center management teams or anything that you noticed in terms of the consumer habits and how it was impacted during this period? So the consumer habits in terms of the COVID period was they all went to the community centers and the neighborhood centers and that continued. So they're still trading exceptionally well. They haven't gone back to your enclosed malls at all, specifically your 200,000 square meter malls and larger. And they prefer the external outdoor malls where you can go outdoors and walk and, and shop and, and the experience. So that is well supported um, in terms of that. And although the um, online shopping increased about 38% during COVID, now that we're back and the shopping centers have opened since 2020, um, they've also seen that the, the foot, footfall is back, that the shoppers are back, the turnovers are up, the spend per head is up, um, but majority of that money is going to the community and the neighborhood shopping centers, which I think is yet to stay because we've seen the same in South Africa. Okay, well, great talking to you guys. Now, let me get your final takeaways from this trip. And Vuso, I'll start with you. What's the, your top highlight? When you go on a trip like this and uh, you go with your colleagues, uh, industry colleagues, and you throw around ideas, we spoke a lot, we, we threw a lot of ideas around, and I think a lot of people are gonna start implementing some of those ideas that we're throwing around. So I think it's great. Uh, what I would have liked to have seen more is probably some of our architects 
should start attending uh, these tours as well because there's a lot of ideas that we as landlords and, and property managers we talk about but you actually need someone who's in a creative space that can uh, bring these things to uh, fruition mm -hmm. so i thought i thought that was great and the second highlight i've actually got three but the <laughs> second highlight is probably mexico seeing how retail caters for the very poor and seeing how retail caters for the very rich which is very similar to, to, to South Africa. It goes back to our, our initial point that retail respond to the demand of a particular market. So I think those were uh, the major stuff. And of course, uh, how they dealt with uh, landscaping and softening the malls. That was a big highlight. And Kuli, tell me what was your top highlight from this trip? The tenant engagement platform that is so seamless that they're able to use to communicate with these very premium brands. Uh, and just being able to see the biggest Hermes uh, shop in, in the US and trying to get in there and finding a long queue. So there's lots of money to be spent there. Uh, but I think for me personally, it was uh, my first time on the SACSC international tour. It was great to be with industry colleagues, uh, be with clients, be with, um, you know, and get to see what makes them tick and understanding that retail is one of the biggest driving segments in the sector. And so it was a big eye opener. And I think I would say if you haven't been on it, it's worth the while. And uh, it would be great to see other professionals on the on the tour just so that we can all start moving in the right direction and be like-minded yeah Teresa it was wonderful to spend time with all the brilliant people of the industry they're also mm. passionate and they've got everybody got something to add mm. and the dynamics were amazing it was from owners but I do agree we should have more professionals join us and and maybe that's something that we can work on but I think the, the biggest highlight for me was the farmers market it was adjoining a center that was there and they had a little tram going through the center but this farmers market was like a a-grade supermarket it had all the different cheeses nuts vegetables it was unbelievable and it was so busy you couldn't move and that complemented the center and i know that's something that we're battling with in south africa we're trying to bring the markets to the shopping center and to create a vibe and a different dynamic and I certainly took a lot away there from that and I think we'll start looking at implementing certain of those scenarios. Maybe where we go wrong we do it on a too small scale. Mm -hmm. So you've got one cheese guy and one nut guy and one meat guy etc and maybe we should say let's start specializing in certain food areas and implement that mm -hmm. in in the near future i'm so surprised you guys went to mexico no one saying tequila was the <laughs> highlight come on really okay, well, it was what? too expensive to drink there sorry <laughs> <laughs> they drank home brewed mexican tequila yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah okay well thank you so much for your time and your insight really do thank appreciate you. it thank, thank you thank you